This is the Disciple Makers Podcast. The following audio comes from the National Disciple Making Forum by Discipleship.org. The theme was Disciple Maker, and two organizations, Radical Mentoring and Samson Society, hosted a track called Men's Discipleship. And that's where we recorded the audio for today's episode. Make sure to go online and download a free ebook from Nate Larkin, who founded the Samson Society. It's called Beyond Accountability. It's about practical ways to disciple someone through addiction. It's available for free at discipleship.org slash accountability. That's discipleship.org slash accountability. As you listen, just a heads up, we weren't able to capture all the audio when people asked questions, so bear with us as you hear presenters respond to questions that may not necessarily be included in the audio. And now for the track session. Uh, my name is Reggie Campbell. Um, I'm a lay guy, and uh, I don't know what that means other than I haven't been to semin- I mean, semin- semin- seminary, right? How many of you guys are senior pastors? Any senior senior pastors? Uh, staff pastors, lay guys. Okay. Well, um, my story is as long or as short as you want me to tell it. But in view of the fact that I have an hour, I'm going to give you the, the short version. I'm a business guy. Uh, started out with AT and T. Left after a few years. Surrendered to Jesus when I was 33. Um, he transformed my life primarily because I realized I was loved by a Heavenly Father who didn't get mad at me when I left his hammer out in the rain or I got scratches on the center of his car because I dropped the wash rag in the dirt. Uh, He loved me, and uh, that changed everything. And I developed this heart of gratitude for what he did and giving me my wife back, giving me a new life. And uh, so out of that gratitude, I started started trying to not just be a disciple, but make disciples. And uh, so I I know that you don't need a lesson in discipleship because you're here. You paid money to be here, or somebody paid money for you to to be here. So uh, I want to spend my time talking to you about uh, what the Lord gave us, gave me uh, 16 years ago in terms of a disciple-making process. Uh, that that God has just blessed and blown out uh, in, in in my life and now in the number of churches' lives. So uh, I'm not going to give you the 50,000 foot level of why you should make disciples or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just going to give you our flavor. When I, when we all all the speakers track leaders got together this morning, um, I just had this picture of Jesus with his hand out. And all of us who've come with our stuff, all our materials, our resources, our websites, all that stuff, and, and I just prayed that we'd all just put them in His hand, and then He would turn around and give them to who He wants to have them. And that was my prayer this morning. So uh, that's my prayer now, is that is, is I kind of unpack this for you. If this sounds like something that is for you and for your church, then engage with it, and we'll give you a website that you can go to. One of the things that I want you to, to hear up front is we're a not-for-profit, and we are funded by people who have been touched by this ministry and by churches that have been touched by this ministry. 
So there's not an ask. The only thing we sell is the, that book up there, which um, B&H published. We bought the rights to and self-published, so we sell it for enough money to cover our cost for self-publishing the second revised edition. So um, we're not going to ask you for any money. We don't sell anything. This is Everything we have is free. So that uh, should be a selling point for you taking this back to your church and talking about it and getting it launched. I'm going to be so bold as to tell you why you should listen to me. Uh, as I said, I started trying to make disciples when I first came to Christ uh, 33 years ago. I, uh, we engaged in our, in our little startup church in Johnson Ferry called Johnson Ferry Baptist. It's now a mega church. Uh, we worked with singles because there, were, there was nobody else to work with singles. And over the course of 15 years, those single guys that I invested in started calling me their mentor. And I, it wasn't because I was really brilliant or anything like that. It was because I was available. And I think they saw something in me that they wanted. I mean, I had a pretty wife. I had a couple of kids. I had some business success. And they were drawn to that, and they wanted to spend time with me. And so based on what I'm learning here at this conference, uh, maybe I was discipling them, but I wasn't very intentional about it. I didn't have a track. I, it wasn't laid out in any kind of a process. It was probably the furthest thing in the world from a navigator's uh, 2-7 or something like that. I was just kind of flying blind, flying solo, making it up as I went. Um, so I did that for about 15 years. And at the end of that, I, uh, when, when North Point uh, Community uh, Church started up, I took this whole idea of mentoring to Andy Stanley, and we tried. He, he enabled me, empowered me, to try to create something like that in the early stages of North Point. And it failed miserably because uh, trying to get older men and younger men to mentor, be mentored, is like arranged marriages. <laughs> and we, we grouped them up by uh, university affiliation, demographics, uh, area town, proficient, professional, all of it was, I mean, I'll never forget standing up in front of 300 guys on this retreat. And, and I said, okay, if you're willing to invest, if, you, if you'd like to have a mentor, raise your hand. All 300 people raised their hand. If you'd be willing to mentor someone younger, raise your hand. Nobody. Not a single one. As a matter of fact, in that first question, Bob Cox is sitting down front. He is the mentor of everybody on the staff, he's like 65. He's the most godly man. And he's raised saying he wants a mentor. I'm like, Bob, not now. Not <laughs> the next question. Wait for the next question. Um, so at that very conference, though, uh, a man named Tim Elmore made this statement. He said, more time with fewer people equals greater kingdom impact. And, and that changed my life. Uh, I went home and I, I thought about, okay, what if I got a small group of guys and I just walk with them for a year? And it was catalytic that my son had just finished school, had just gotten married, and was back in Atlanta for a couple of years to work towards moving towards another level in his medical training. And I wanted to reframe my relationship with him from father-son to companion, to be older man, younger man. So I invited him to apply for my group. But I just made this thing up, and in retrospect, I look back, and it was God. I mean, God gave us this model, and when you see what's going on with it, you'll see nobody's quite smart enough to figure this out. But fundamentally, uh, I figured out a way, and God gave me a way to do 
mentoring in a small group. I say I'm objective because I don't come from a church perspective. I have a, I'm not a pastor. Most of the people you hear speaking here are pastors or have been pastors. I've never been that. I'm a business guy. I've been involved in about 15 startup companies, ministries. So I'm entrepreneurial in a sense, but I'm also very systematic in my thinking. So just the way I'm wired is I think about how to, how to make something replicatable and how to make it um, create momentum and grow. And, and so I feel like I'm a little bit objective in, and have been objective about uh, the different methodologies and the, and the different ways of going about making disciple makers. Um, I've been doing this for 16 years. I have um, 128 mentees personally. One of the joys of my life, uh, this was four or five years ago, and that was most of the crowd uh, at that point in time, but that, that number has grown a bit since then. But I have, um, since we started trying to uh, promulgate radical mentoring to churches, we now have almost 100, well, over 100 churches who are following, using our, our approach, and we're in conversations with almost 2,000. And amongst those churches, we have <clears throat> North Point Community Church just launched at all their campuses, and New Spring Church is launching at all of its campuses. So two of the top 12 churches in terms of size have embraced radical mentoring. Uh, North Point renamed it and and has put it into their leadership development track for apprenticing leaders. You knew they'd change the name of it, rebrand, and take all the credit for it, Uh, which is great. I I told Andy Stanley five years ago he could have it because they could do so much more with it than than we could. He said, no, we're going to let you fumble around figure out how to make it work, then we'll take it, we'll change it a little bit, rename it, and take all the credit for it. <laughs> so that's my preacher right there, baby. Before I go too far, let me tell you what the model is so you can kind of understand what we're talking about. Uh, radical mentoring is one three-hour meeting every month, and it has a specific topic. You read a book, and you net out that book. They're not theological books. They're not long Complicated books, they're books that a guy can read on a pl- an air, airplane flight or, or two, uh, and they have to write a one-page net out of the book, and that net out says, here's what God is, is showing me that I can use from this book. Um, when I read uh, Samson the Pirate Monks, there's one line in that book that says, when a man invests in another man for spiritual purposes, something changes in that man. And I'll never forget that. And that's, that's absolutely true. And it goes back to John 10, 10b, where he talks about, I've come that you might have life. And that's what most Christians have. We have life. We have eternal life. We have our church, our small group, all those things. But then he says, and have it to the full. And you can't have it to the full until it starts to become about other people. When you start investing in someone else, you realize that. So reading a book and netting it out, and you come to the session with a copy, a paper copy of your net out for, every, for your mentor and all the other guys. So there's this visual accountability. You're not going to show up without your net out, and you're going to have to pass it out. And, ex- and, and add, it goes around. It's a facilitation model. So the guys all talk about what what did you get out of the book? What did you get out of the book? Here's what I thought. It's not a book club. It's not about critiquing the author. It's about uh, what did you learn from the book that's going to be applicable to your life. 
There's two scriptures um, to memorize each month, and you memorize them by key word. You know, if you say the word fear to me, the first thing's going to pop into my mind <clears throat> is 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That, his word is written in my heart because I know that verse, and I know how to call it up because of that key word. If you talk about making a decision, Colossians 3.15 is going to pop up. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and be grateful. And that word for, peace, for, for rule is the same word for arbitrate or umpire. So if you don't have peace, don't do it. If you have peace, do it. If you don't have peace, maybe it's wait. But learning those scriptures by topic or by keyword and the scriptures line up with the books and the topic of the month. So if you're doing the module on decision making, you read a book about decision making and you memorize two scriptures about decision making. Identity, you read scriptures about identity. Fatherhood, you read scriptures about fatherhood. You talk about marriage, you're going to memorize you know, the verses about marriage. So that's the scriptural part of it. We don't do intense Bible study. We would rather have guys have a small amount of Bible that's applicable, that's burned into their head and their heart, that they live by, um, not attaching, attacking anybody or criticizing anybody, but most of us have more Bible than we ever use. Most of us have just tons and tons of Bible knowledge, but in many ways, the Bible, that Bible knowledge can just um, vaccinate us towards a real relationship with Christ. It's good to have it, and, and I'm not talking bad about that. I'm just saying for mentoring younger men, I'd rather have them, have them uh, embrace a small amount that's really useful, and that creates a hunger in them for more Bible study and deeper understanding. Each month there's a relational assignment. Uh, these typically relate to marriage. Um, the, first, the first assignment the guy does in my group is he goes home every day or comes after his work day into the proximity of his wife and he stands or stays within five feet of her for five minutes and he totally focuses on her frame of reference. He totally listens to her. He empathizes with her and he does that every day for 30 days and then he comes back and reports to the group. Last month, my guys uh, have, had to, to have a conversation with their wives, and they asked this question. Tell me three things that I do that irritate you. And their assignment is to write down what they say without pushing back, arguing, or defending. Only three. Only three, yeah. <laughs> and they come to the group and share what they were told and what they're going to do about it. Not share with their wife, not, wait, not make big promises. But there's assignments like that every month for the guy to work on his relationships, but generally their relationships with his wives, with his wife. And there's a one-on-one with the mentor. I, ment- I, I meet with each one of my mentees at least once in the first 60 days, and then sometimes more. But this is not intended to be where the mentor is constantly with each mentee. Most people think about mentoring as, oh, we're going to meet for coffee once a week, twice a week, whatever. Um, I don't find any evidence in Scripture of Jesus mentoring people one-on-one. He always had two, three. Most of the time it was three, but the twelve. So he was always, the only time he was alone was when he was alone with the Father. So the guys have a rotation, so every month they meet with another guy until they met with each guy one-on-one, and then they meet with me or the mentor at least one time in the first 60 days after they've told their story. 
And then they pray for each other daily and they pray for their mentor daily. So those are the basic elements of the model. Now, a couple of, of other points. Everything about radical mentoring is about application. It's not about theology. We don't discuss theology. We don't argue theology. There's no answer to a lot of theological questions. I'd rather them understand the part of the Bible that helps them day in and day out and move in that direction and not, um, that, that's not what we're about. There are lots of other places to get that kind of depth, deep study of the Bible. There is a group covenant. This is one of the um, most amazing things to me is this is not for everybody. This is for professing Christians. And when a guy uh, says he's interested, he applies and he is selected for the group and he has to sign a covenant and his wife has to sign it as well where she consents to the fact that he's going to have to read a book every month, memorize scripture every month, and he's committing to being at every meeting every month with his homework done on time. And the calendar is set for the year in the first setting, first session. So it's very tough to get that first meeting scheduled because everybody's got immediate commitments. The second month is easier, the third month is, is easier. But it's amazing how... You lay those months out and everybody defends those dates. And over time, you know, they're there. Uh, I, I, it's, it would be, you wouldn't believe me if I, if I told you the numbers of how many, uh, take 16 years at 12 meetings for 13 years and then uh, nine meetings for the last two years and multiply that number of meetings times eight because I've had eight in every group. And, this, and, and to realize I've had seven tardies and five absences. It's crazy. I, I had a company one time with 1,500 employees. Never had all my, all my officers at a meeting. And for sure never on time. Never. <laughs> never on time. It's just crazy. Men want to aspire to a higher bar. Now, you have to enforce it. You know, and Kevin, when he talks tomorrow, will tell you he was in my group 14 years ago, and he walked in late for the first meeting. And you know, I can I can see in my dining room, I can see out the window, and I, everybody's in their in their chairs. And it's 10 minutes late, and we're kind of waiting for Kevin, waiting for this guy. Nobody knows him because nobody's nobody's met. Or only a couple of people have met each other. And so I see him coming, and so I say, "Okay, guys, here's the drill." Kevin walks in. I want you to say a word. I want you to be dead quiet. And, you know, silence can be deafening. So Kevin comes, knocks on the door. The door is left open. So I don't go let him in. He kind of has to open the door, walk in. It's dead quiet. He walks into the dining room. There's his chair. Dead quiet. He sits down. And we're just all sitting there, and the silence is deafening. And then I just say, Kevin, you know, you didn't just waste 10 minutes of your time my time. Multiply 10 minutes times seven other guys. That's how much time you wasted. So be here on time for now, okay? Never have another tardy. <laughs> Never have another tardy. And that's not being mean. That's just being firm. That just, that just says this matters. And it counts. And so uh, the covenant is, is uh, also in, covers in a conf- confidentiality. And one of the, the greatest elements of this is right off the bat, the guy realizes he's in a safe environment. And that what's said in the group uh, stays in the group. There is a story retreat early on. 
Um, you have one meeting where the mentor tells his story, the full-on, completely transparent, vulnerable story. You're telling guys, as the True Face guys say, you're giving guys a gun that is loaded with, with information that they could use to kill you. That's, it's that kind of story. And that sets the bar for them the next month when you go away for a day or an overnight for tell their, to tell their story. If you tell the Sunday school version of your story, that's all they'll do when they're off together. When you tell them your full-on story, not to glorify sin, not to make you look like you got a great big hero button on your chest, but to show them that you are not the only one. We all have histories. We all have sin. And we've been redeemed. And that is incredible because it'll take what normally takes years for, for friendships to develop gets done in 90 days. Between telling the, the mentor telling his story and the mentees telling their story, by the third meeting, everybody knows each other's story. And now you've got the rest of those months to just really grow in your faith, challenge each other, love and serve each other. Uh, the community that develops from, from that and, and these monthly meetings uh, is just amazing. And part of that covenant also says, I will pay it forward. When I get through with this year, I'm stepping out to pay it forward. Mentoring in the radical mentoring context is not about filling up somebody else's cup. It is simply taking what you have in your cup, what God's put in your cup, and pouring it into His. People have asked, well, why don't you have a year two or year three? By the end of year one, I'm repeating myself. You know, I just think that's smart. I don't know that much. I'm going to do like Jesus did. I'm going to walk alongside, and I'm going to send them out. And so that covenant commitment to pay it forward is is, uh, very important. And you're not going to get 100% participation in that as much as you want to. You know, we know that that Jesus had three winners out of 12, well, out of 11, (laughs) and and they replaced one. But we don't really know much about what some of those other guys did. And uh, Jackson was telling me of my 128 guys, uh, we've got about 24 that we know are replicating uh, leading groups now. Lots of other guys involved in ministry, lots of guys doing one-on-one stuff, but we know of at least 24 who are actively engaged in mentoring. This is a senior pastor, and uh, I, I, I love this guy because, I mean, he's a pastor of a 2,000-member church. Um, he heard about radical mentoring from one of his church guys. He decided he would do it himself. He had a story retreat, and uh, he told his story. And then as the guys went around and told their stories the next month, he said, i got to do this again. And he went back and he told his story again. And this time, he gave them the loaded gun that they could kill him with. And he texted me on that. And I didn't know, know him that well, but he texted me that Sunday afternoon. And he said, today, God changed my life and my ministry forever because he was transparent and vulnerable with people that it had a lot to do with his employment security in his church. So here's Chad Moore. Uh, a radical mentoring is the best thing that we have done at Life Park because it is helping us make more mature followers of Christ. Well, my name is Chad Moore, and I'm the pastor at Life Park Church in Charleston, South Carolina. And we planted the church in 2010 with about 200 people on our core team. <clears throat> the Lord has really been gracious, and we've grown very rapidly to about 1,600 people. And I'm excited to talk about Radical Mentoring because Radical Mentoring was an answer for us 
that we desperately needed in such growth. About three years into the Life Park growth, uh, I had a revelation on a Friday morning. I was leading a Friday morning group, and I, you know, this is our primary vehicle to make mature followers of Christ. And after that Friday morning group, I just felt burdened because the guys really weren't prepared. I was looking at the attendance rate, and the guys had been attending about 50% of the time. The retention was not as strong as it needed to be. And I was just burdened. I said, if this is the primary venue of how we're going to make mature followers of Christ, we're in trouble. And it was about that same time that the guy, Ray Snyder, said, why don't you try this radical mentoring? I said, let me gather up with you guys and do it. And so I walked through last year uh, my first radical mentoring group. And I have to say that it's the best thing that we have done at Life Park in our five years. The mentors I have seen take ownership of their faith in growing more. So they, through the preparations of teaching, have actually internalized the truths. And so they've grown more spiritually through the truths of the scriptures. But also I have seen them begin to invest their lives in men and see them make a difference because of their investment in other people. So it's raised the value of truth in their lives and it's also raised the value of relationships. I see radical mentoring as being a core process to develop leaders. For instance, the first three years before we had radical mentoring, someone may have been in a group a year and a half or two years and they may have read two or three books or gone through two or three studies. What Radical Mentoring does is it gives you the opportunity over a nine-month period of time to read nine books. So think about the multiplication. We've now had almost 200 people to go through nine months of study, memorizing scripture, hearing stories, being vulnerable, reading books. You multiply that over 200 people, plus them getting six or eight mentees. This five, ten-year period of time, we could have a thousand adults that have been through nine months of theological study uh, with books as well as practical application gives people tools and challenge to be lifelong disciple makers. Because mentees have gone through this, they have a proven tool, a battle-tested tool, so they have confidence to go gather their few men and then to reproduce disciples through their leadership. So it's not just a nine-month study and you're done. It is a lifelong disciple-making process that people can reproduce in confidence to make more mature followers of Christ. The radical mentoring reminds me of the authentic life of Jesus. He came to the earth, he grabbed the 12 <coughs> disciples, and he literally was with them. He embodied truth, he embodied relationships, he embodied love to them and for them. And I think that's what mentors do. Uh, the mentees are able to look at an older, more experienced leader who's walking with Christ and see the joy, see the peace, and be able to confront and speak the truth in love and then turn right around and be there for them as their greatest champion for what God's doing in their life. And so I think the embodiment of seeing that leader walk with God have peace, have joy, stand on scriptural truths, go through hardships with a steadiness uh, is one of the greatest transfers to that mentee of what the real Christian looks like and also what works in real life. So what we started out doing in 2001, after seven or eight years of doing this, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and this word came to me that said, you're just doing what Jesus did. 
And so I did what any good 55-year-old man would do at the time. In the middle of the night, what do you do? Go to the bathroom. And then I went to my computer. <laughs> and in 15 minutes, um, this book came to me. Uh, and, and I outlined it in 15 minutes. And it took a while to flesh that out, but it was amazing. Every chapter, every one of these things, because I'd been doing it. It was like retroactively, God was showing me what I'd been doing. I had an early uh, exposure to purpose and developing a life purpose statement. And so I realized my life purpose at the time was to glorify God by loving and serving others and by challenging them to be all that they could be and to give all of themselves to Jesus Christ. Well, I had a purpose module in my, in my uh, mentoring track. And then I learned that John 10, 10b was Jesus' purpose. You know, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. So Jesus was purposeful in everything he did. He was selfless. I didn't have any motive in doing radical mentoring with these guys other than to help them learn how to live this life, to walk this way of life with Jesus. And Jesus had nothing, no, nothing to gain in what he did. Matter of fact, his, his custom is life. He didn't gain uh, money. He, you know, he, it was totally selfless. In exchange for his death on the cross, what did he get personally out of it? Nothing. He gave us life, but it cost him great pain and sacrifice on our behalf. Uh, here was the big aha. Jesus mentored in a group. He started in a group. And that was like, man, we don't think about mentoring that way. We think about mentoring as one-on-one. It's a guy on a guy in a coffee shop. And I won't blame the navigators for that, but that, that's the way this, um, mentoring and discipleship was always um, uh, communicated to me. But Jesus didn't do it that way. Now, ultimately, it sort of ends up life on life. But that group is what gets you into that uh, person's context where you develop trust and he trusts you. And as somebody said uh, this morning, you know, you only trust um, the truth of people that you trust. So Jesus started with a group and he handpicked his mentees. Guys come to me and say, will you be my mentor? And I say, you can apply. And And I know that may sound arrogant, but... I was spending all my time in waffle houses, you know, with one guy at a time. I was gaining weight and being unhealthy and nervous from all the caffeine, kind of like today. Um, but I started, guys would come to me and, and say, can I get in on your group? And I said, well, you can apply. Send me an email. And in November, I'll send out my invitation to apply and give you a little bit more detail. And then you can send me an email and, and tell me your story. I started out asking them to write their obituary. And so I would select guys, and that's what Jesus did. He handpicked his guys. He didn't let them pick him. He picked his guys. And where churches are doing this, they're picking the guys. They take applications. And that's uncomfortable in church world because what's church about? I mean, in our culture, more cheeks in the seats. Come on, come one, come all. And this is not that way. You've got to, you've, you've got to apply uh, and be accepted. He mentored for a short period of time. It was a defined period of time. I've talked to a lot of guys my age, and they say, hey, look, I'm not adopting more children at my age, particularly not 35 and 45-year-olds. Jesus, we don't know why, but for some reason he started uh, connecting with these guys that he walked with, and he did it for a period of time, and then he sent them out. And that's what I do with my guys, and that's what Radical Mentoring is about. It's a 9-month or 12-month season and then it's sending them out for them to go and do the same for some, for others. Scripture was at the core. Now, Jesus did something unique. He wrote Scripture. We don't recommend that. <clears throat> you can get tarred, feathered, killed for that. But 
he, he taught scripture. He explained it. Most of all, he lived it. He allowed see, uh, people to see scripture, God's truth in his life. And that in, he embodied God. And each of you, each of us as Christ followers embody uh, uh, Jesus a little bit. And the other guys in your group embody him a little bit. So a mentee sees a little Jesus and a little bit of, the, of his way of life here, 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 here. And he walks out at the end of the year and he's changed. Prayer was huge. Jesus prayed for his guys, with his guys. He taught them to pray. Uh, he prayed longer the night he picked them than any other time we have record of. So prayer is important. And, and I, mod- I try to model honest prayer for my guys. The first night, you know, I, I dropped to my knees and I talked to my father and I let them listen in. And it's, it doesn't start with, thank you for this day. It starts with real honest communication with my father. And I try to show them uh, what kind of what what walking with him means? What praying without ceasing means? Um, <clears throat> he taught along the way. He didn't put guys in in rows and stand up and teach. We've had I've had guys try to emulate radical mentoring, and they'll get five guys together and they'll get them in in their living room, and for three hours they'll talk. And next month they have two less. <laughs> the next month they have three less, and the next month nobody shows up. Because, I mean, the only guy I could sit and listen to for three hours would be Jesus himself. So this is a facilitation model. And he taught along the way. He used real life situations. And what do I do about paying taxes? You know, what do I do about the government? What do I do about this woman that's outcast from the church? How do, what I, how do I deal with all these, these sinful things? He taught along the way. <clears throat> And he modeled his faith transparently. He lived in close community with these guys for the season of time so they could see how he made decisions and how he treated people. He had a very high level of commitment, similar to what we're talking about here. I mean, he required them to drop their nets and go full time, as far as we know, uh, whereas what we're asking for is three hours once a month for a year. And then the other thing he did, and this is in the covenant, is this requirement for multiplication. Jesus was about multiplication, not addition. And so when I get multiple applications for a limited number of slots, I'm looking for indications in the guy's story that he has a heart to pay it forward. And that's the first seat I'm going to fill is a guy that has a heart for other people. If it's just about I want to be better, I want to grow, I want to be a better disciple, then he goes to the bottom of my pile. Uh, Most of the disciple-making approaches that I've seen and heard of are one-on-one, and this is a group deal. The um, most disciple making that I've seen starts with scripture. Uh, Our approach starts with felt needs. We start with the guy's life where he is. Virtually all of our problems come from identity as men. We have having knowledge that we are adopted sons of a perfect heavenly father changes the game. I've mentored 128 guys. I've yet to mentor a guy that didn't have a daddy issue. Even with guys that have wonderful, godly men as dads, they set a standard that the younger guy says, I gotta be I gotta live up to my dad's expectation and boom, there's a problem. I won't call it a wound. I'll just say there's an issue there. So we the whole track and the options on the track uh, really try to stay in the frame of reference of the guy. It's not take scripture and try to spend month after month 
um, pushing Scripture into their lives. It's starting with life and leading them to Scripture. I never give advice to my mentees. I point them to Scripture and I tell them relevant, relevant parts of my story. People say, well, where do you get trained as a mentor? You've had your training. You see that gray on the hair on your head or the absence thereof? You got trained in life. You got trained as you tried to walk with God and you failed. You got trained uh, you know, by thinking you were a Christian and then you realize one day that you didn't really know Jesus. You didn't know His voice. That's what happened to me. And all of a sudden when I, I heard His voice and I began to follow Him, I, I realized the Holy Spirit lived in me and everything changed. So I can tell those stories and they point back to Scripture to show how God spoke to me and how He leads me. Uh, so that's just the difference in the approach. The, the pro- focus in most discipleship programs is about learning, 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 teaching, learning, reading, study, lead, learning. This is on doing. This is about when, when you do a, a, the module on prayer, you read about prayer and you, the assignment is to pray with your wife every day for 30 days and come back and report how that went. And we don't tell you how to pray with your wife. We don't say in the bed. You don't send us prayers. We, 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 I try to teach my guys how not to, how to not pray to their wives because that's the first thing you'll happen when you start praying with your wife is you'll start thinking, okay, Lord, please help Dorothy. <laughs> and you're just really praying to Dorothy. You're trying to get Dorothy on board with what you want God to do for you. Um, so uh, the focus is on doing throughout here. Uh, it's not a teacher-student, it's facilitation, it's mentor-mentee. When guys come in, I sit at the head of the table, uh, I make fun of them, I, I, I make sure that they know to be there on time. Uh, I cut a guy off when he wants to ramble on and on and on, but I do it gently. Uh, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm without any question, I'm the leader because I'm 67, I'm giving my time and energy to pour my cup into their cup. And there's a level of respect that I have by virtue of being the mentor. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I've been ascribed that eldership by my church by giving me this opportunity to be a mentor in the church's program, which, you know, I had a hand in starting. But I can still be fired. And I hope the surveys ever show that my mentees aren't growing. I hope I am fired because there's somebody else behind that can do a better job than me. Most one-on-one um, discipleship is about information transfer. This is about modeling. This is about living your life in community with other guys so they can see your life up close and personal. Uh, there's a, there's a, a huge movement in transparency these days. You know, when, a, when an actor comes out and says, oh, I just need to go ahead and confess that I've done these things you know, everybody applause. How about that? Isn't that great? He's finally owned up to his mistakes, and there are always mistakes. But there's a whole different thing that says, I'm, I've, I've done these things, but I need help. It's that, that's a step between being transparent as I've done these things, but being vulnerable to saying, <clears throat> I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to be that guy anymore. And that's where in community, with mutual vulnerability, God gets an opportunity to change lives in a huge way. One-on-one is about getting more people to be disciples with the idea that they'd become disciple-makers. The group is automatically, by covenant, I'm going to go out and multiply. 
We just did our survey at North Point on our, our third group through. 97% of the men said, my walk with God has improved or improved significantly. 100% of the guys said, I really feel like we opened up to each other. That's unbelievable. And I, and I think it's the covenant. I think it's the mentor going first. Uh, that, that's just it's just crazy. And then we just, we, we tried to assess, we asked them, to, did, you, did this affect your giving? And if so, did you give, start to give when you've never given or did you give more? And 56% of the guys who went through said that they either increased their giving or increased it significantly. You get a man's, uh, his, his treasure and his heart will go together. And so when you get a man's heart, all of a sudden God, God gets his heart, he gets his money. And he wants to not just support his local church, but he wants to see his local church invest in things that create disciples and disciple makers. Here's a little video of some of the guys that have been through Radical and some of their stories. So take a couple of minutes. I think we're all taxed with the same burdens and questions uh, revolving around things like how do I manage uh, work-life balance and be successful at both, how I effectively communicate with my wife and resolve conflict, and ultimately how I can be a leader within my own home. Before Radical Mentoring, I was uh, lost and proud and not humble. I was just kind of living life going to work, coming home, spending time with the kids, spending time with my wife, but not really doing anything intentional about getting closer to God. I see the need for mentoring in the lives of people around me, and the fact that we're all going through uh, the same things in life, and yet we all would love to have people who have experienced these things before, who have gone down the road before us, share their experiences, share their failures, share their successes with us. What we fail to realize is that without being in an environment where other men we can be transparent with one another and really discuss some of the things that we all face, that we struggle with, I think that they really miss out on the fact that God has a bigger plan for your life. I think God showed me through this uh, radical mentoring that I'll never have all the answers to the questions that I have. Uh, however, I can become better equipped to face the struggles that I face in life. God changed me via my mentor by putting a man in my path who I looked up to and respected, who gave God all the glory and simply showed me how to be. We all face the same struggles. We just don't talk about it very often. Radical Mentoring provides an environment for you to dig in on these issues, discuss them in a safe setting, and be challenged in how to attack these issues in life. Imagine if we all had a coach who's been through what we're about to do and what that could do for the choices that we were about to make. Stop living for ourselves and start living for something else. If every man in America went through radical mentoring, we'd see a dramatic positive shift in the abilities of men to lead their families with confidence and to know what's expected of them. I'm going to hit real quickly, uh, I guess, the, the secret sauce of radical mentoring. I've talked about these a little bit. One is this idea that you're invited. And, and what happens in our churches is that the, 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 this gets launched by either the senior pastor taking the initiative, a staff pastor taking the initiative, but most often it's a lay guy who takes the initiative. He gets this, he goes to our website. Everything that I'm going to show you is on the website for free. 
So he goes to the senior pastor, and so when it's time for, after you, the senior pastors help find the mentors, and you vet those mentors, then the senior pastor uh, is asked to sign a letter or an email. Sometimes they'll do a little video to say, look, you've been invited to, to participate, to be mentored by one of our leaders. And that is amazing. Reggie Campbell and say, hey, would you like to apply for my mentoring group? That's like, big deal. But when you get a video from your campus pastor or your senior pastor that says you've been selected as a potential future leader in our church, or you've been selected as being a potential disciple maker, or a future potential future leader in our men's ministry, whatever those words are, whatever that uh, context is for this within your church, it it's amazing. I mean, the, the church has gravitas that we don't have as individual lay people. So you've been invited is an extremely powerful thing. I think this covenant commitment is unique. Uh, I don't know of any other um, uh, disciple-making process that requires that kind of commitment. Uh, I was an elder at North Point twice. I missed meetings. There was never a meeting when everybody was there. (laughs) You know, Andy Stanley missed a meeting. It's his church, right? But nobody misses these meetings because of this commitment and this, this peer pressure that comes with uh, making this mutual sacrifice to be involved in this for nine months or a year. Picking your mentors is the key. You've got to pick guys that if you have a 30-year-old son or had a 30-year-old son and he came home and he said, Dad, I've been selected for this mentoring program at church. And guess who's going to be my mentor? And, and then he says, Nate Larkin, what's your reaction? You want to pick mentors. When he says the name of that guy from your church, you go, yeah, that's awesome. Because you want your, I mean, you're delighted that your 30-year-old son is going to walk with Nate Larkin for a year or nine months. That, nothing can be better than that. If your potential mentors don't meet that standard, start smaller or wait. Launch one group. If you only got one mentor of that caliber, launch one group. Don't fall into the trap of picking mentors based on attendance or how much they give. Uh, Some of the the worst possible mentors can be your most most faithful church members, deacons and elders for that matter. You want a guy whose life you want mentees to model after and, and be influenced by. Absolute transparency and vulnerability is the secret sauce. That's what makes this so powerful. You're also discovering biblical truth together as you walk along the way. You know, I don't know it all. I could come into a situation with a guy and I point him to Scripture, but it's always, well, what do you think? Well, what do you think? And there are times when my guys will challenge me on a particular issue and I'll go, you know, I never looked at it that way. And I mean, I was shown a Scripture this week on mentoring that I'd never seen before. So we're nobody knows it all. We're all walking this journey together. So not not putting yourself up on the on the pedestal and saying, hey, I'm you know, I'm the pinnacle of biblical knowledge and life wisdom. We're walking through life and learning from each other. Authentic community, guys learn in community. What's broken in community is re, is re, uh, repaired in community. 
and then this purposeful church engagement. For years, I would mentor guys, and at the end, I would say, guys, you know, I'm just trying to help you become a better athlete. <clears throat> and God's going to have to decide what team you're going to be on and what position to play. And now, by virtue of doing this through my church, my last module is on church, and they have to come up with their own ministry plan that says, now, when you get to commencement, I, here are six people within our church that you can go have conversations with about where you can engage based on your unique gifts, talents, and calling. And if it's not within the church, it's got to be somewhere. But the goal is for everybody who walks out of the doors of mentoring group to be engaged in paying it forward within six months. I was an idiot. When I started this, I would pour into these guys and say, don't do this until you're 40. And, you know, the guy's 30. And because I, I, I'm like, you won't know anything until you're 40, which probably is true. But who am I to tell a guy not to pour into somebody until he's 40? A 30-year-old has a lot to say to a 23-year-old. So that was just dumb. And that was, it was just not smart on my part. So now I fix that. So now I'm saying, you graduate from the group, engage somewhere to pay it forward. Just to show you... Um, I, this part of the program is to get you excited on getting in on something that's moving. So <clears throat> just to let you see, in the last, um, I guess, what's that, 20 months, 22 months, the number of churches that are doing this have, has grown from 31 to 106 and a huge queue of people that we're having conversations with. These are some of the churches that have active programs. They're all over the board in terms of denominations and geography. Uh, there's a bunch of small churches as well as some very two of the top 12 churches actively engaged in, in uh, doing radical. Um, God has given us favor and exposed us through the uh, interview on the Carrie Newoff uh, podcast. We were uh, at the Drive Conference. We've been uh, featured in Church Fuel. Uh, our, my interview with Tom Rayner, uh, I think is coming out the Friday after Thanksgiving. And then Tony Morgan interviewed us uh, on his podcast. Our greatest vote of confidence is the churches that are already doing radical mentoring are referring other churches. Pastors talk to pastors. Other lay guys are saying, hey, man, you need to get in on this. And so we're getting lots of referrals from people who are already engaged uh, to others. Um, Our approach is open-handed, as I said in the beginning. It's a free and tested resource uh, most people, we do this just straight out of the box. And that's what we recommend the first year through. When you go to our website and log in, you will see, I mean, everything is there from that letter I told you about from the pastor. It's there. You can download it in a, in a dot doc. You can change it, put in his name. You can put your own church logo on it. Uh, there is nothing that you can think about that's not there and it's not that hard to find and it's all for free so we've been testing this and working on this for years and and we've been blessed with donor support Uh, so our website is very robust everything is there for free Uh, we don't ask anybody to pay us but to pay it forward Uh, churches are now donating back to us so we can promulgate this to other churches and men who've been through are donating to fund us to be able to take it to other men um you find this at North Point. You'll find it called the Leader Development Group at uh, Peachtree Presbyterian Church. It's called Iron Mentoring. 
at Life Park Church and New Spring Church. You'll hear it called Radical Mentoring. They're not, uh, they don't, they're, they're not trying to create a brand. And by the way, I have no problem with creating a brand. As long as men get uh, activated to become disciple makers, you can call it whatever you want. You can call me anything you want to call me. Just call me, okay? <laughs> um, and we want to help you. Um, you know, my call to action out of this is to go to our website. Uh, that's the URL. You know, put a forward slash disciple maker, and we'll give you a little personal message to say, hey, you know, because uh, we want to know how many folks from this conference go to the website. You'll be offered to set up a personal account or a church account. And we want you to set up a church account. That not, that's not committing your church to anything. It's just that we want you to look at this through the lens of how do you get this started in your church. Uh, we, we've kept the old individual mentor thing there because there are people, particularly in other countries, who don't have a good church and they want to do this. And so all the materials are there for an individual. So we're not going to cut that off. But... We want guys to have this experience with guys they go to church with. We want them to be in community with guys that are hearing the same sermons, whose wives are connected. There's a parallel program. You'll find a link on our website for women called Titus II Mentoring Women. Uh, It's the same format, different content targeted to ladies. Uh, So go to that website and poke around, watch the videos. Uh, When when you do an account, you're not committing yourself to anything other than we're going to call you because we want to make sure you get any of your questions answered. We want to coach you, and we don't charge anything for that either. We just want to help you get it going, and we're pretty experienced at that. And our, our goal is just to launch, to have you launch one group in 2018. Now's the time. You know, it's in November. You can find a mentor. You can get staff pastor, senior pastor support. And you can find four, six, eight guys and launch one group and watch what God does. I have 100% confidence that if you do one group and follow this model, you will have wives who are saying, we want to do something like this. You'll have guys saying, how can I get in on the next group? You'll have mentors saying, I want to be a part of this. Because it's just what Jesus did. And the life change that's coming out of it is just, it's just amazing. So that's my... 80 miles per hour with gusts to 120. Uh, let me open it up to questions, please. Yes, sir. Yes. <clears throat> on the one, uh, the question is on the one-on-ones in the first 60 days in between the guys. Is there an agenda and, and something specific that you do? What I do as a mentor is I've got their application, so I've got their written testimony. They had to do that to get into the group. Then I've gone on the story retreat with them, and I've heard them tell their story. So I've got their testimony. I've heard their story. Now it's time for me to get together with them one-on-one and sit across from them and, and then ask them questions. When, I, when they tell their story, and this is all on the website, I, I write down everything they say. I just, I just scribble and scribble and scribble. I want to hear. I look for, like one of the guys that, that I mentioned who didn't have a daddy issue, I mean, for eight months he didn't have a daddy issue. But... <laughs> But when we went on our one-on-one, I asked him, he said in his story, and I wrote it down, I couldn't wait to get to Georgia Tech to get out from under my parents. And he said, did I say that? Yeah, you did, right there. Why did you want to get out from under your parents? 
And he thought, and he teared up, and he said, I'll never be able to measure up to my dad. He's the greatest man. I, 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 he, right up there with Jesus. And I'm like, and, and there it is. There's the daddy issue. And, and this is a guy who's so passionate about manages, managing his finances to glorify God that he goes over his family budget, which his wife is totally uninterested in, in the bed with his laptop, going over a, pre- a spreadsheet. No lie. And, and, and so we talked about that. And, and I saw him about a month ago, and he said, I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm not doing everything on spreadsheets now. I said, boy." So that, that's my role. The one-on-ones each month, the topic, the guys have a question that they talk about when they meet on their one-on-ones. And it's a, you know, month one, guy one and guy eight to get together, mm-hmm. guy two and guy seven. The next month it's guy one and guy, you know, so it's a rotating thing. So over the course of, of the months, everybody gets together one-on-one with everybody else. Another question. Yes, every, every topic. There's 22 topics on the website. And when you click on a topic, you'll you go to the button that says tracks. And if you click, we've got a recommended track for six or nine months, another one for 12 months. Click on custom tracks, and you'll see all the possible tracks. When you click on a topic, you click on death and dying, there's recommended books. You click on that tab. And there is all the books that have been vetted, the books that we've used. You click on the book and it'll take you to Amazon and you can buy it. And we get 6%. (laughs) If y'all do anything else from this conference, next time you go to Radical Mentoring and click on a book like that and save that link so every time you go to Amazon, anything you buy, you'll buy through Radical Mentoring and you'll be funding our ministry. And it won't cost you anything. I'm sorry? That's pretty cool, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, on there are books on every top. We're still looking for a, a really great identity book. There's a bunch of books about identity, um, but I'm still, I still want a perfect uh, book on identity. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry? Yes, and the question was, have I read now? And yes. But the, the, the challenge here, this is like guys who want to do, they want to take this and meet every week. And it's an inverse relationship. You increase the frequency of meeting, you'll decrease the quality of the mentors and the participation of mentees. You know, that we found that once a month for three hours is about the right thing. I heard this morning when they were talking about the Bonhoeffer Project, they're meeting once a month for four hours. So that rhythm seems, seems to work. So it's, it, it, that's the trade-off. It's just it's, it's how thick a book will someone read. And, and then, again, I, I'm very much about application. You know, it's like I'd rather have a guy read a 200-page book, get three or four really useful points out of that book, than to read a 500-page book and get overwhelmed with all the information that's in there. Or give up halfway through. Which happens a lot. Yeah. Do the men need to be married? Men do not. Do the men need to be married? Um, we say not necessarily. We have a singles track, but we do think single guys should go through with single guys, and married guys need to go through with married guys. Uh, every every single guy wants to be married, and if you mix the two, uh, there can be some distraction. That's the reason we say don't put a non-Christian in there. 
the non-Christian with the Christians will become a project and it will hold the rest of the group back because um, a non-Christian, that's, that's when you go, hey, can we get coffee? That's the guy you take to the Waffle House without having the other two seats full because that's a very personal thing that's one-on-one. Well, my, the first book I wrote was called About My Father's Business and uh, it was like Bobby or somebody said this morning, we, we all need to have a list of people who are non-Christians. That book lays out a systematic way of doing that to, to, to take people who are not in the faith and guess at where they are spiritually and try to help them take a step. So that's my own personal evangelism process. But what I learned is that step three, four, and five from a chosen, what I call a chosen frozen or a confessing Christian to a developing disciple to a replicating Christian, all that's what mentoring is about. It's just that taking an apathetic person, an A, what I call an apathetic and don't know and don't care, that's not going to be productive to throw him into a group with other people. That's a one-on-one kind of thing. To take somebody who's beginning to search, you know, I don't. I need to answer his questions as best I can one-on-one. I don't need to have a little baby Christian. Yeah, for sure. You know? I'm, I'm agree with that. I'm saying, how does this mobilize your mentees into reaching out with non-Christians? Is that a part of the process? Yes, and, and, and the, it's your choice. There's a module on there called Influence in the Marketplace. And my book is one of the books that's on there as a choice. As a matter of fact, my mentoring group right now, they're all staff guys at New Spring Church. Uh, they're the leaders of the church, and they're all going through, and they're all doing evangelism this month for the very reason that was said this morning. I want them to know some names and faces of guys who don't know Jesus and learn how and, and focus on them and invest in relationships with them. You know, we've gotten to playing zone in the church, not man-to-man. And, and, you know, if I go to my job and do my job in the church, I go home and I have breakfast and I do mentoring. And and evangelism is one-on-one. Mentoring is one-on-one. It's messy. And you can't, it's not, it's it's a way of life. It's not a job that you go to and and just uh, do do your thing. Yes, sir. What's the the best number of men to have in a group? Not more than eight, not less than four. Three gets weird. It's just it's, it's it's hard to call three a group. Uh, four is good. Our average worldwide is about five point five. I uh, hear wonderful comments from guys who have six, but you get more than nine, and you're going around talking about what you get from the book. Instead of that taking thirty minutes, it takes fifty. Um, plus, most people only have eight chairs at their dining room table. And you can bring one in from your office and you're cool. I mean, you don't want to start buying furniture for this. <laughs> that was a joke, man. You know, <laughs> whenever you say that was a joke, you know it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> but four to eight, but I, my, I just don't want to waste any capacity. I don't have that much time left, so I want, I want eight guys. It's, I, I can take guys that are, the question is, the question is, why, why is this not a Bible study when you're reading Christian books? And, and I think I just answered the question. You take um, priorities, and I take a, a, a very young in his faith Christian, and I give him 12 verses about priorities and ask him to figure out how to apply those and create some way of setting priorities. Or I hand him a book by Gordon MacDonald you know, <clears throat> that, that talks about priorities. 
Well, here's a man who spent years studying the Bible and researching and, and experientially um, sort of figuring out the difference between being driven and being called. So it's like topic by topic. You find a really great book by a, a guy who knows a ton. That that's and, and it's all scripturally based. It's just looking through that lens and then giving them a couple of scriptures that are fundamental to that topic. Any more? Hey, we're two minutes early, one minute early, 30 seconds early. Thank you, guys. Yep. After dinner, we've got food trucks up front. One other announcement, guys. In the back, these three guys that look like they're in a lineup at the police station. On the left is Kevin Harris. He's the executive director. Uh, Trey Brush, who's our church accounts monster, he is the guy that's working with churches along with Kevin to, uh, to teach and train and coach and consult as you launch. And Jackson uh, Beatler is our media and marketing guy. If you find a misspelling in my blog post, you can always blame Jackson because he's supposed to catch him. Thank you. You've been listening to the Disciple Makers podcast. Make sure to download your copy of the free ebook associated with this track by Nate Larkin. It's called Beyond Accountability. You can get it at discipleship.org slash accountability. You'll find dozens of other great resources at discipleship.org as well. May the Lord bless you as you seek to grow as a disciple maker.